This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Good morning, Buffnutters. It is Sunday, November 28th, 2021. I am Dan Rubin. This is Almost Live, our in-season Sunday morning post-game podcast. The first ever to cover a loss to Michigan. Ohio State goes down 42-27 in Ann Arbor. All dreams dashed. I'd like to sit here and make a bunch of excuses for you, but it was a thorough domination. There's no question who the better team on the field was yesterday, as hard as it is for me to say that. We bring in the people's champ, Matt Baxendale. Bax, how are you this morning? Well, the answer would be not very good after that disaster yesterday. Uh, You hit it on the head, Dan. Ohio State got their asses kicked yesterday. This was not a fluke. And that makes this even harder to deal with, right? We can't say we were robbed. I don't want to hear about the referees, even though I I do agree they weren't any good. It's nothing to do with anything other than the fact that Michigan punched Ohio State in the mouth. And for the first time since 2003, maybe, Ohio State didn't punch back and wilted. And that's why we're sitting here talking about losing to Michigan. I, I can't even... It's so hard to say those words because we haven't had to say them in so long. But it, it not only did we lose to Michigan, this is the first time since the Cooper era we lost to Michigan as the favorite. So, yeah, this is a pretty awful morning, to say the least. We are going to attempt to break down what was a very disappointing effort. It got off to an absolutely horrible start. Michigan marched the ball right down the field and then. Special teams reared its ugly head. Somehow the kickoff has been taken out of the game, yet we managed to screw it up and start a possession on the five-yard line. Just an absolutely terrible start. What do you make of the general approach offensively and the general approach defensively? And then we'll kind of get into specifics. Well, let's start with the the start of the game. Like you said, uh, Michigan started the game by pounding it down Ohio State's throat for a touchdown. And then Ohio State started with the ball on the five-yard line, had a disastrous three and out. But that didn't cost them because luckily Bryson Shaw picked off a Michigan pass, at which point uh, Harbaugh probably decided he wasn't good. He essentially said he was Woody Hayes and Bo Schembechler at that point. said three bad things can happen when you throw the ball. Three things can happen when you throw the ball and two of them are bad. Right. Um, Ohio State managed to stay in it in the first half. And I walked away from the end of that first half thinking, well, that's about as good a half as they can play and about as bad of a half as we can play. 
Turns out I was wrong. Uh, Ohio State could play even worse. Let's start with the defense because that was the problem yesterday. I can I can pick about the play calling on offense yesterday, of course. I think there were some relevatory moments on the offense yesterday as well that exposed some things that we've been sort of simmering about for a while now. But the Ohio State loss yesterday, more than anything, boils down to the defensive line was absolutely positively dominated. Did we have a single defensive lineman make a tackle the entire game? Because I don't remember one. Uh, did we have a single defensive lineman meet a, beat a block in front of him? Because I don't remember one. The defensive line yesterday, to put it bluntly, stunk. They looked like they were waltzing with the Michigan offensive lineman, taking a nice tandem dance away from where the ball was supposed to go. And the blunt reason, the only reason that, that, that Michigan didn't score more in the first half was you had an interception and you had one drive where still Chambers made a couple really big plays. After that, Michigan's line, line just blew Ohio State's D-line off the ball. That was the worst game by Ohio State's defensive line since the Florida game in 2006 that most of us have erased from our memories. Um, I'm also holding back here because there's a lot worse things I could say about that game that I'm sure people are saying in polite and non non-polite company from the defensive line, but that was a putrid effort and Ohio state lost this game. You want to point one finger at one thing. The overarching reason they lost this game is because the D line didn't make a single play the whole freaking game. And it's pretty simple. Now the flip side of the game on the offensive side, I, 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 I put a post on the front row a couple weeks ago and I said, Matt Jones should be starting change my mind. And we saw the reason why yesterday. There were multiple times where Ohio State got gashed up the middle against a team that had legit defensive tackles for the first time all year, right? And then when Dewan Jones got hurt and had to remove himself from the game, it was sort of a blessing in disguise because then Matt Jones, who's a true guard, got on the field. And it's not a coincidence that once they bumped Thayer Munford back out to tackle where he should have been all year instead of this musical offensive lineman gig to try to get Thanos not to transfer. Uh, Ohio State, toward, State scored touchdowns in the next two drives, uh, be, not in small part because they got a much better push up the middle. Uh, I don't care who we play in the bowl game. We'll get to that. But Matt Jones better be on the field as one of the guards because this four-tackle set didn't work. Uh, that said, there's a lot of positives about the offensive showing. Henderson played well. Mayan Williams ran hard. CJ had another good game. The offensive side of the ball just didn't get a ton of opportunities because the last five times Michigan touched the football, they scored a touchdown. No drive shorter than 60-something yards. Ohio State lost yesterday because the defense got murdered in the trenches, and it's that simple. Really, it comes down to that basic reason. Ohio State lost yesterday because the D-line got blown off the ball. And everything else is chaff. So after they destroyed Michigan State, one of the only issues, if you looked at the box score, was that Ohio State had zero sacks. And I convinced myself that wasn't a big deal because of the score, et cetera. It was a big deal. This defensive line and this defense just isn't very good. You cannot give up the edge in football as easily as they do. If you come to one of our peewee games here in Oakwood, you will hear me yell constantly, outside, outside. 
don't let anybody get outside. I have never seen a defense. It is so easy to get the edge on with a simple reverse or motion. Zero tackles for a loss yesterday, Dan. Zero. And they ran the ball the entire game. You're telling me not once they got a guy for minus one yards. that, That is such an indictment. You start to feel like the other team, when you get the ball run on you like that, and it happened yesterday, you start to feel like the offensive line, the other team is just physically bigger. I felt like number 71 on Michigan, I'll go look his name up at some point in time, was just pushing our guys around like a high school game when the other team has the division one tackle and you don't. Another thing, Chris Olave, that was a drop in the end zone. That hurt them terribly. Jackson Smith Najigba is a tremendous player. He had an awful drop that ended a drive. You cannot have empty drives. Too many times Ohio State was getting into scoring territory, the red zone, et cetera, and then getting a stupid motion penalty. Come on with the motion penalties, man. Giving up the edge on defense and getting motion penalties on offense is peewee football. This was the first game I've watched where I really felt Day and his staff got completely and totally outcoached. As one of my friends sent me a text, de-pantsed. The nicest way to put it, de-pantsed. The one play in particular, it was the third and six in which they ran it with Mayan Williams. Their defense put a trigger out there to get us to go to the run, and then they sent the house at us. Is there a somewhat silver lining in this, if I'm trying to pull one out, because it is Bucknuts. This will give Day the excuse, in my opinion, to completely revamp the defense. To be fair, the defense has not been good all season. There have been a couple games in which they've done enough and the offense has set them up and they've been made some opportune plays touchdown-wise. But in terms of the feeling you get when your defense is on the field for a big third down, I never felt confident. Ever. When Ohio State drew within a score yesterday to make it 35-27, to I was screaming for an onside kick because I knew the defense had no prayer. You want to talk about high school stuff? This is a high school game yesterday. That's why Harbaugh looked like a coaching genius is because they blew our guys off the ball. It was bigger guys that looked like, which should not have happened, by the way, if you look at the talent Ohio State has. This was like watching a high school team that had better players flat out run right through a lesser team. It looked like high school football in the worst and most indicting way against Ohio State. And, and honestly, Dan, you're dead right. Our defense, they haven't not been good all year. They sucked last year, too. Mm-hmm. They got the ball moved on them left and right. And I don't know what our coaches have been thinking in key moments. Last year, whenever they were in the national title game and everything was going to Devontae Smith, what did, what did they do? They suck in a 4-4. But yesterday, when they have to try to get the ball back, they're running a 4-2-5 where there was no prayer of Michigan throw, throwing the ball. But what in the hell are we doing? And these are obvious things that the lay people can see that, that are just blatant mistakes. I mean, every single defensive coach, and I don't want to include Larry Johnson because he's such a legend, but his group was the worst group yesterday. But every single other coach is going to be finding a new sense of employment next year, in my opinion, because this is two straight years. Ryan Day's defense has stunk. And... It coincides, by the way, with a 2019 and a 2020 class where our recruits aren't really shaping up to be NFL players right now on the defensive side of the ball. There's a lot of things here going on that aren't great. And by the way, Ohio State's schedule next year is a step up 
So we better let the we better let Sawyer, JTT, and Tyleek Williams play a lot next year in this D line. I guess is my first thought. My my second thought is we need somebody who knows how the hell to run a defense to come in and take this defense over because this has not worked for two years now, and it's been papered over by two elite showings on offense. And that doesn't work whenever you run into a certain caliber of team. I hope Larry Johnson is back, and I can't see a situation in which he wouldn't be, especially because of recruiting and such. But they're going to need to bring in someone who has carte blanche to revamp everything. And I'm talking everything. I don't care what it is. Almost as like a defensive wonder kind, the way we have, you know, day on offense. And let's get to that. This was by far his worst coaching game. Please explain to me the first offensive possession of the second half. I don't even know what he was thinking. Like, I think in the second half, they wanted to come out and establish the run, right? And they did. And we got blown up inside. Uh, You saw Munford just get beat right across the face, and that blew up that third down. There were multiple times in this game where you kind of wondered what the offense was doing. And I think he touched on that third and six, right? We're Michigan had nine men in the box, and we have the best passing game in the country, and we ran it up the middle. I I don't understand that at all. Um, it felt like early on, Day really wanted to pass the ball when maybe we had the opportunity to run it and we're having success running it. And then once we had some success passing, we went back to running it into the teeth of a defense that was clearly dedicated to stopping the run. So I don't. I just felt like every call he made didn't work out, and. I think there's one other thing we have to point out here and overarching. It's more than anything else here. It felt to me like Ohio state showed up yesterday. It was like, we're Ohio state. We always beat Michigan. Let's go all that. It's time for a war, all that fundamental program basics, all that, our entire goal for anything in the seasons, beating Michigan, blah, blah, blah. Blunt truth is Ohio state showed up expecting to win, thinking they were awesome and roll their helmets out. And it didn't work because that's not how games are won. And now this season is a failure. Failure. F-A-I-L-U-R-E. Because anytime you don't beat Michigan, it's a failure. Period. I don't care if they luck into the playoffs eventually and somehow win the national championship. It's still a failure because you lost the game. Even if they sneak into the playoffs and they somehow beat Michigan on the way there, that only balances the failure ledger out. It's not a success because you lost to Michigan. This is a program ego culture. And by the way, the game getting canceled last year, which should have been a reason for fury among these guys. The fact that we just wilted on that is, is so mentally weak. Like that, that's so disheartening. I have to say the smiling assassin about Ryan Day right here, there, we're now there's starting to be questions because you know what? For the first time since John Cooper, we have a coach who doesn't have a winning record career against Michigan as their head coach. He's one and one. And the program did not show up and stone up when it's supposed to, like it has for 20 years. So Ryan Day, I think he's the right guy for the job. I think he's it's hard to replace defensive coaches who haven't been able to get the job done whenever you're in the middle of the pandemic, like we were last year and coming into this year. But Bottom line is Ohio State got whooped yesterday because mentally they thought they were going to show up and go and win. You could tell with the mindset of the D linemen that they were they thought they were just going to show up and beat Michigan because that's what they do. Didn't blow a single guy off the ball the whole damn day. 
You know, again, you go watch the Alabama Auburn game that was on afterwards, which I did because I'm a masochist and still was watching other football games. Auburn should have won that game because their D line was blowing Alabama up the whole game, right? There were people penetrating those lines left and right. I didn't see any of that. And that comes from a mental process of I'm going to beat the guy in front of me. I give a, a, a bigger crap about it than the guy who's trying to block me. And OSU did not care more. And that's the most disheartening part. Michigan cared more about the game. And that is such an indictment of where this program is at right now. They got a lot of soul searching and it starts at the top. It's a tremendous indictment. To be fair, that was Day's first loss in the Big Ten as head coach. When he was hired, you would have taken that, maybe. It's been a long time since he was hired, first loss. However, here's the empirical view of what you just said. Michigan was better, clearly now. Let's not argue this. Much better on the offensive line and much better on the defensive line than Ohio State. That's a recruiting issue. Spiritual as it may be, both their defensive ends whooped Dewan Jones and Nicholas petit Frere. Both those guys lost cash yesterday. The one guy I do want to mention, though, that I think played a great game, and I don't understand why he doesn't get the ball more and we don't force it to him, is Garrett Wilson. That was likely his last game in Scarlet and Gray in the regular season. He was spectacular. The catch was amazing in the end zone. He's had a tremendous career here. I don't understand why we didn't get him the ball more. I believe in forcing the ball to your best players. I also, and people aren't going to want to hear this, Travion Henderson is a tremendous back, but he does not break tackles, and he has to be schemed open. The screen pass he scored was great. No one touched him, and he ran in a straight line. He is not a wiggle back. So that combined with the offensive line not creating much separation for him yesterday, was a total debacle. you got to give congratulations to Michigan. And like Back said earlier on, this was not a fluke. If they do not make major adjustments, issues are going to persist. Their defense is not good. It needs to be changed. Personnel-wise and schematically, Backs, any final thoughts on yesterday before we head to break? Yeah, we've been really negative this whole time for obvious reasons because there's never anything really good coming out of losing the game. This is the first time since 2003 we've lost the game when we've had a full-time head coach. Been a good run and all that, but it's never acceptable. Like, I, I saw people making excuses for this. It's never acceptable to lose to Michigan. That is the standard, period, end of the day. And if that's not our starting point, that's a problem. Flip side, though, is, is that I think C.J. Stroud deserves a lot of credit for the way he played yesterday. He had a rough start. He was sick during the week. Um, so, you know, that doesn't help your preparation. And all he did was go out and throw for 400 yards, multiple touchdowns. He had another rushing touchdown, which we've been screaming about him running the ball all year. Um, that was a touchdown. Up. It was a phantom hold. It was a joke. The guy slipped. Yeah, it was a complete joke. Like, if this game had been – played differently we would have had a lot of our reasons to complain about how horrible the officiating was yesterday apparently michigan doesn't hold ever but anyways i digress nor do they commit pass interference but i digress but cj played his heart out again he, he had a game where he threw for 400 yards he, he let he, he kept leading osu back into the game and the defense just you know kept dropping the ball you know, there's a hockey term for this when the defensive zone gets screwed up and it's called shitting the bed. And that's what happened yesterday by the D. But C.J. Stroud, 
has zero reason to still not be the Heisman front runner. Uh, don't talk to me about Bryce Young, this or that. He didn't score a touchdown against Auburn, who was six and five coming into the game until like 30 seconds left in the game. So don't don't even try to tell me Bryce Young had some magical Heisman moment. He wasn't very good and he hasn't been all year. Um, and the second he took Jamison Williams away from him, he looked thoroughly average. So who else is there at this point? Um, outside of the, 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 the media looking around and seeing Aiden Hutchinson have three sacks against us yesterday after having a big-time year, how do they have the Bosa in this rivalry, by the way? Mm. Like, that's the other sickening part here. We've always had the Bosa. We've always had the Chase Young. We've always had the elite defensive linemen, not them. Their D linemen were the guys that we made fun of because they didn't show up in big games. Now we have those guys, and they have the Bosa. So there's another recruiting indictment right there. But I'm trying to find a positive spin here at the end. Uh, C.J. Stroud still deserves to be at the top of the Heisman list, right? I mean, unless you're going to tell me that Aiden Hutchinson or one of these other defensive guys is going to win it, which nothing would surprise me. Uh, C.J. Stroud's been the best player in the country this year in terms of just his sheer prodigious offensive ability. That's something has to be walked away from this is, is that he lost to Michigan, but this game was certainly not CJ's fault. We can nitpick early on where he missed a few passes that needed to be a little more on, but he fought through a lot yesterday. CJ Stroud deserved the world credit. And like you said, Garrett Wilson was one of the few guys out there showing any fire, showing up to want to win that game. Spectacular touchdown catch multiple times. He dragged three, four guys for that extra two, three yards. Those two deserve to be singled out because they were two of the only ones who really had a great game. And I would say I'd give you a third one, which is Matt Jones, who looked great the second he got on the field again. And if he doesn't start in this bowl game and next season, it's a joke. That's all I have to say positive about an overwhelmingly negative, depressing, dark, awful day. This therapy session could go on for hours. We will truncate it there, take a break, come back and talk about what might happen next. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. All right, we are back. Usually in this portion of the show, we lay out what's happened elsewhere so Bax and I can figure out where the Buckeyes are going. Kind of had a realization yesterday that we got a break here. No trip to Indianapolis, no nothing. Let's go over the results of yesterday. As we said, Michigan defeats Ohio State 42-27. Michigan State kind of surprised me. I thought Penn State would beat them. They did not. Michigan State wins 30-27. to Probably good for Mel Tucker that he got a W now that his bank account needs a full-time security guard. Georgia wins 45-0. Baylor beats Texas Tech. You mentioned it. Alabama and Auburn. I turned the game on. It was 10-3 late in the game. Bryce Young did lead the squad down the field, and then they did one of those overtime dances and won 24-22 when it turned into, like, go for two-point conversions on each play. It turned into arena football, and they won, but not an impressive effort for Alabama at all. And, by the way, Bo Nix had a boot on for most of that game. Oregon wins. Purdue hammers Indiana. Big deal. Here's another surprising game. Wisconsin goes on the road and loses by 10 at Minnesota. 
what is up with that? Texas A&M loses to the Tigers in Coach O's final game. Oklahoma loses to Oklahoma State. Notre Dame beats Stanford. BYU beats USC. So, backs, where and when is Ohio State's next game? And against who? Well, first and foremost, I don't want to hear anything about playoff talk and sneaking into the playoffs. Yeah. Blah, blah, blah. There's no scenario where a two-loss Ohio State team gets in over a undefeated Cincinnati or even a two-loss Alabama at this point, right? What's it Ohio just, State's it, best win? Michigan State? Yeah, and Michigan State, I'm sorry, they're not that good. Like, they have a nice record, but I don't think that they're a particularly great team. And I'll be honest, like, I, I, I assume that our next game is going to be the Rose Bowl as a consolation who gives a crap Rose Bowl. And then we'll get the Pac-12 champ, which probably will be Utah again after they – you know, eviscerated Oregon a couple weeks ago. And I think that's going to be the Pac-12 championship. Um, I'd like to get a rematch against Oregon, at least. Neither game would be easy, by the way. This is... No, no, not with our defense. If you can't stop the run. Utah? You see what Utah did to Oregon last week? Good Lord. Yeah. You know what Utah has? They got a bunch of those big Samoan dudes in the trenches. And those big Samoan dudes run you over. So... You know, we need we, we saw that last year. We had the Samoan connection at D tackle and our D line was awesome. So, you know, the, 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 that's not an easy team to beat. <laughs> I don't think it's an easy game. But I, here's the other question. If you're the Rose Bowl, do you want Ohio State or do you want Michigan State? I would argue they would prefer Michigan State because most Ohio State mm-hmm. fans feel like we do right now. Utterly deflated. Most Ohio State fans aren't thinking, "Ooh, I really want to go to Pasadena on New Year's Day right now. They're all thinking. What the hell just happened? That's a good Whereas point. Sparty fans are like, this is one of the best seasons we've ever had. Oh, my God. I can't wait for our bowl game, right? It wouldn't surprise me if some shenanigans happened behind the scenes and OSU ended up in the Fiesta Bowl or the Peach Bowl or something in- instead of going to Pasadena. Because if I'm the, the Rose Bowl people, I know Ohio State doesn't go there very often, so I'm sure that's a consideration. But if I'm the Rose Bowl people, I have to think that Michigan State's much more likely to spend more money and send more fans, just if I'm being blunt. And especially if it's a potential rematch with Oregon, don't they try to avoid that? I agree. Yeah, I agree with that. And there's definitely no question that the Michigan State fan base will be more geeked for a bowl game, for a Rose Bowl than the Ohio State fan base. I don't think anybody would question that if Ohio State's fan base was geeked, they'd be the choice. So the question in the matrix and the algorithm is the difference in those two. And then you have to factor in that it is a TV game. And Ohio State is such a ratings draw that I do think in the long run, the Rose Bowl, if the bottom line is their determining factor, I still think they choose Ohio State. Here's my counter to that. These bowl games are a little bit of horse trading at a certain level, right? Like Ohio State and Michigan State are both ranked high enough to be in these New Year's Six Bowls. If Georgia beats Alabama, I bet you Ohio State ends up opposite Alabama somewhere. How many chances do you get to make that game, right? That's a good point. So I wouldn't be surprised if that happens. I think the playoff right now is going to be incredibly disheartening because you want to hear the words that that can make you puke? There's a realistic chance Michigan could win the national championship this year. (laughs) Because Michigan, if they beat Iowa this weekend in the Big Ten championship, will be the number two seed. They'll probably get Cincinnati in the first round. I know who I'm picking in that game. Oh, they'll crush Cincinnati, dude. Yeah, that's the other thing Ohio State blew with this expect to win show up nonsense is that they had an easy first round win waiting for them in Cincinnati and lining up against one game against Georgia. We never know what happens. 
so Georgia's probably going to get Notre Dame is or Oklahoma State in the first round, and Ohio State's going to probably get Cincinnati or not Ohio State because this is uh, this is where my brain is still at. I can't believe <laughs> we lost that game. You just you have a templated brain, Max. Yeah, my my because that's how it should be. It's how it has been, and that's why this is so bad. But Michigan's going to get Cincinnati. They're going to throttle them. What happens if Notre Dame upsets Georgia? You tell me Michigan has to beat Notre Dame for the national championship. I mean, that's how sickeningly bad this is right now. I can't even get my mind around a Michigan-Notre Dame national championship game. I'd probably have to leave the country for a couple of days. I would just – it'd be like that scene in Team America World Police where the puppet pukes continuously for five minutes in a row. That would be me for three straight months. There's not a lot of good teams out there this year. Like, it feels like Georgia's going to hopefully throttle everybody. And that's There's not even a Heisman is. Trophy winner. As much as I want CJ to win it, I've never I, – I mean, I've been following the Heisman Trophy since Hugh Green was a defensive guy getting in the mix. I've never seen a Heisman Trophy where I'm like, I have no idea. i tell you what, Hutchinson has three more sacks against Iowa. He's going to win the damn thing. Plus, the path has been laid by how many players who have been great players at Ohio State getting votes on the defensive side of the ball the last decade for them, like Chase Young, and now in a year where they don't want to pick a champion because Bryce Young's going to get throttled against Georgia. And C.J. Stroud didn't beat Michigan, so that's going to get held against him. And you can't pick Kenneth Walker over or C.J. Stroud because of the way he played against us. It's going to be freaking Aiden Hutchinson, and it's going to suck. I mean, this is this is the worst year ever of football. Ugh. Why couldn't the so, Bulls yeah. have had more children, too? That's pretty selfish. It was obviously working. Yeah, they made some mistakes. All right. We had we had Joey. We had Nick. You couldn't have given me a Tommy Bosa. Tommy. Like a Philly Bosa. I was going to say like, the next guy is Phil and a Peter. Dave Bosa, right? I blame the Bosa parents for this. Um, <laughs> but at the end of the day, this is, yeah, this is, uh, is going to be an interesting bowl season because I'd love to play Alabama. That's the one game that would get me interested again. But the playoff is going to be, uh, thank God it's New Year's Eve and I can have a lot of champagne to help me not feel bad about the way this could end up because it's going to be a very realistic scenario that we have to watch Michigan do things that they have no business doing. And it's Ohio State's fault because the gatekeeper was sleeping at the gate and what we should be doing has been handed over to our rivals. Thanks to our giant hubris. Let's hope this isn't a long-term decay. This is the consequences of when the enemy has breached the gates and is now sacking the city. They're taking all our stuff. And this is supposed to be our stuff. Big Ten. I lost all of my Jim Harbaugh can't even go to Indiana jokes. Okay. Jim Harbaugh can take his team to Rome, but he can't make it to Indianapolis. I lost that joke yesterday. I take that personally, right? Like, this is this is just awful. I mean, this we could probably make this podcast for another hour just talking in circles about the disaster that and the, the results of yesterday. But we're going to end up having a very interesting bowl season. I think it's going to be – if Ohio State doesn't have Alabama, it's going to be one of those games, by the way, where half the team opts out. I, I can already tell you right now, there's no way Olave or Garrett Wilson or Thayer Munford or Petit Ferrer are playing in this last game, in my opinion. doesn't mean anything. Like, am I wrong? Do you, I mean, how many opt-outs do you Ohio think we have? State, I, think you- I, I thought about that, and we discussed this a little bit before the show. Like, you know, one of the benefits of being so good and being in the playoff, et cetera, is you don't have to deal with a lot of the chatter that comes with a disappointing end to a season or just an end to a season that doesn't end in the playoff. And that's do guys leave? Who leaves early? Who's going to transfer? There's going to be that, believe me. Who plays in the bowl game and who doesn't, like you said. So 
this opens up a whole can of worms that is not one you want to uh, digest in any way. Over under six point oh five Buckeyes who sit out for this bowl game in my head. Even if it's the Rose Bowl, I don't care what game it is. It doesn't mean anything. There are Buckeyes with lingering injuries and business decisions, in my opinion. And I mean, just the think. I'm, I'm not saying any of these guys will or won't, but think about the players who have NFL draft stuff to concern themselves with. You got Olave, Wilson, Munford, Petit Ferrer, Haskell Garrett, who's been hurt all year, Tyreek Smith. I mean, you, 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 Zach Harrison might sit out. I mean, you, the, even though the, the, if I was him, I wouldn't be sitting anything right now. I'd be didn't, Zach Harrison and Tyreek, didn't Zach Harrison and Tyreek Smith sit out yesterday's game? But I'm bummed. I'll be here all week. I was, uh, I was about to make that joke. You beat me to it, damn you. <laughs> I mean, you, you, you've got a bunch of guys who could sit this darn game out, right? I mean, it's, it's, it's not good. So I wouldn't be surprised. Oh, Jeremy Ruckert's another one, by the way. Uh, though he needs to get some film of him blocking somebody successfully. So maybe yeah. he'll play. Don't get I mean, me started on Ruck. Jeremy Ruckert right now is an unbelievable pass catching tight end. We might as well call a big wide receiver because he hasn't blocked all year. Uh, that's another guy, though, that has an NFL future to concern himself with, right? There's a lot of these names might not play in a bowl game. So if you play Alabama, it might be, let's get a look at next year, right? Maybe we don't want to play Alabama because <laughs> Alabama's Who do we want to play? Mississippi? Coach. You want to see Matt Corral in that offense? Good Lord. Hell no. Uh, is there somebody who's bad that we can play? Because we need that right now. We need, we need a cupcake game. Uh, SEC teams get them late in the year. Can we have a cupcake game less late in the year? Can't we just we play Michigan right State now. and the Rose Bowl? Yeah, right. If we play Michigan State again, maybe we'll feel better about that one. All right. Bax and I could sit here and kvetch all morning, all afternoon. It was a very disheartening effort. There's going to be a lot of change. There's going to be a lot of upheaval, Bucknutters. Hold on tight. Here we go. takes two minutes of sheer horror. A new Paramount Plus original docuseries. We were dealing with a serial killer preying on elderly women. A cold-blooded killer hidden in plain sight. He's suffocating people with a pillows. Leaving corpses all over Texas. How did it happen? I was responsible for her. The guilt is immeasurable. They covered it up. Pillowcase Murders, now streaming exclusively on Paramount Plus.